hello, hello. What is up and what is going on, everybody? I am Cole Haight. This is the All In Man Cave podcast going over an amazing week five in the NFL. Hope you guys are having a good Monday. Recording this Monday afternoon is about 4 p.m. Uh, on the eastern in the eastern coast of the United States. I uh, don't know where you guys are from, but thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I uh, hope you guys had a wonderful weekend getting back into the swing of things for the work week. Uh, but let's talk about the football games from week five. We are going to hop right in. Uh, like usual, we are going to do the Vikings uh, against the Lions recap last. Uh, we're going to start with the London game this week. And uh, we're just going to keep going through the through the game. So let's let's see what happened this week. If you guys missed it, I'll help you out. First on the docket, the London game, the Falcons beat the Jets 27-20. to Zach Wilson, 192 yards. Uh, four out of five games this season, Zach Wilson did not reach 200 yards passing. No TDs, one pick for him. Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, two younger rookie-ish type running backs. Uh, both had a touchdown each rushing. Uh, obviously, like I just said, none, none by uh, Zach Wilson passing or through the air. Matt Ryan, another good game for him. Uh, 342 yards passing, two TDs, zero picks. Uh, Kyle Pitts, first 100-yard receiving game of the season. Good to see from Kyle Pitts. 119 yards on nine receptions and one TD. Don't know if that's going to keep up uh, or if he's going to continue to see that type of production. Uh, Calvin Ridley, as you guys should know, or if you didn't, did not make the trip out to London their number one receiver. So uh, Kyle Pitts probably just absorbed most of those targets. And then uh, Cordell Patterson, another good game for the Atlanta Falcons. He's been bumping around since he's been on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Dynamic threat. Looks like he's still got his speed. So uh, it's 54 yards rushing, 60 yards receiving. Very productive for him. Now, one thing I do want to note from this game for sure um, not a very entertaining game. Both teams are subpar uh, during this season. Uh, like I mentioned on the last, on the preview episode, seems like we always send uh, teams that are not doing so well, nor do they have a huge following and they're in smaller markets over to London. Not exactly sure why. Don't see what the benefit is for that uh, in terms of the NFL. But Matt Ryan's had a good last two games. He's been look. He's looked well. Uh, he's been basically the one savior on that team that's kept them able to stay afloat. Uh, they started zero and three and looked like they had three really bad losses. Uh, some of that, some of that being his fault. However, uh, he looks good the past two games. Over three hundred yards passing. Uh, no picks in the past two games either. So get it gets them to two and three. Uh, not a bad record to start for the first five weeks, especially if your team is projected to not be very good this season. So uh, let's see what we see, but the, the Jets regress. Uh, the Jets regress this week, and and I, I made a comment, and I told you guys to look out. How are the Jets going to respond after getting a big victory, their first one, uh, under a new coach, new quarterback, um, and all at, they didn't respond well, I'll tell you that much. Passing game wasn't there. Running game really wasn't there. They got two, a couple of short runs but uh, that they were able to punch in, but that's it. That's all they had. All right, let's move off of the Jets uh, and on to the Packers. The Green Bay Packers come out victorious 25-22 to over the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Aaron Rodgers, 344 yards passing, two picks, one interception. Devontae Adams, big day for Devontae Adams in fantasy as well. 206 yards receiving on 11 catches with a touchdown. Aaron Jones, 103 yards on 14 carries. Uh, Moving on to the flip side, uh, Joe Burrow, 281 yards passing, two touchdowns, two picks, one of them being horrific, which we will talk about in a minute. Jamar Chase, another great game. Uh, He loves the combo with Joe Burrow. Both went to LSU. Uh, A lot of you guys out there probably know about that, but they both had a spectacular season when Joe Burrow had the best season of any college quarterback ever. Uh, and he was one of Joe Burrow's top targets, being that being Jamar Chase. So 159 yards receiving on six catches and a touchdown. Uh, I believe this touchdown was 70 yards. Samjay Perine, or sorry, Samaje Perine. Sorry, sorry, Samaje. I, I, I pronounced your name wrong. I apologize. Uh, 100, uh, sorry, <laughs> 50, 59 yards rushing, 24 yards receiving and a receiving touchdown. This game itself um, was in a golf tournament on Sunday. I had to watch the first half on my phone of the Vikings-Lions game, kind of checking the stuff out on uh, on the NFL Sunday ticket. Wasn't able to get back until the basically the, the beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, and the Vikings game had ended, and the Packers game was in OT. So I had watched basically all of overtime. Um, five, I saw five missed field goals from... 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter and through overtime. I saw five missed field goals. It was unbelievably windy in Cincinnati. The game was in Cincinnati. I was so stoked on having Cincinnati win that game. Uh, And they had multiple opportunities to do so in which Joe Burrow threw a ridiculous interception, which I would love to show you guys if this was a YouTube show. However, it is not. So uh, type in YouTube, uh, Joe Burrow overtime interception. I have no idea what he's looking at. I'm not a professional athlete, so I I can't really relate that much, nor can I give him that much crap about the throw. But I just don't know. I don't see anybody with his color, his teammate's jersey on. I don't see anybody in the in the area, so I'm just confused. But I really Green Bay just doesn't look good. And yes, you're four and one. I get it. Like I understand. You're it's all about W's and L's. I understand how the NFL works. Uh, but your team doesn't look good. Yeah, you're gonna be out. Jair Alexander's having multiple opinions on whether or not he can play with a shoulder brace. Uh, it, he's gonna be out, and he's gonna miss time. They're just trying to figure out a way for him to be cleared to play, which is probably going to hurt them in the in the long run. They have they have people getting hurt. Uh, they're defensive playmakers that are basically carrying the defense to be below average at best. Are are still dinged up. Um, it, it's just it, you're you expected a lot more from Green Bay in terms of domination in these games, and they're only one win ahead of Chicago, who does not look good at all. So, to be honest, I don't I I have Green Bay I have two Green Bay players on my fantasy team in Aaron Rodgers and DeVonte Adams. So, if it was up to me and I could have the best of both worlds, I would love for them to go into shootouts every every week and lose 48 to 45, uh whether that be in regular time or overtime, I do not care. But they just don't look they don't look like Green Bay looked last year and I don't think that they lost as much as people think that they as much as people are talking about that they lost whether that be on the offensive line 
or the offensive side of the ball or even the defensive side of the ball. People are saying that the team is a lot different. I don't see that being that different. They lost a bunch of older offensive linemen that when replaced with younger offensive linemen could have the potential to break even. They could have the potential to break even. So I'm not seeing what everybody else is seeing. Um, I'm just hoping that I start to see more Green Bay losses. Uh, I apologize to all the Green Bay fans out there. Um, I'm a Vikings fan, and you guys theoretically also probably dislike me for being a Vikings fan. That's just the way football is. I don't hate you personally. I just hate your football team. That's that's it. Moving on, the Steelers defeat the Broncos 27-19. to Big Ben has his best performance throwing the football that I've seen from him in a while, and I only saw certain highlights from this game. Uh, I think it was 15 15 of 25 for 253, two touchdowns, zero picks. Um, Harris had 122 yards rushing on 23 carries and a touchdown. Uh, Claypool and Deontay Johnson both had a touchdown each with longer passes. Uh, we'll, We'll talk about them in a minute let's go on the flip side to Teddy Bridgewater comes back this week from the concussion 288 yards passing two touchdowns one pick Cortland Sutton 120 yards receiving on seven catches and a touchdown Um, the Denver Broncos as a team rushed for 106 yards on 18 carries which is a pretty good average Uh, they were pretty balanced in this game the one thing I take away from this football game which I didn't take away a lot although I did bet the Broncos minus one in this game, which I thought looked pretty good considering they were driving late against the Steelers to try and tie it up since they were down 24-6 to late in the fourth quarter. Uh, but they did where they were able to score late, so it was kind of close. And when I saw the highlights, uh, it was kind of close, and I was thinking about flipping that way, and then all of a sudden I saw the little football on the bottom of the screen go to the other team, and I was like, yeah, it's over now. But one thing I want to take away is the Steelers were able to move the ball down the field through the air For the first time all season. Like, it's almost been like... It's almost been like Big Ben has been a dink and dunk specialist. Whereas he never would do that back in his prime. He's getting older. He's less mobile. I understand. It's the way football goes. That's just the way it is. Not everybody's Tom Brady. You can't all play for 20... They can't all play for 22 years straight. And play up until their their mid-40s. Like, Tom Brady has the potential to play into his mid-40s to late-40s if he's going to continuously play like this. And we'll get to Tom Brady in a minute, but it's unbelievable. Now, the Steelers do have a decision. You have have a draft this year where I don't see any quarterbacks in college right now that are stepping up and are above and beyond anything other than average. So this might not be the year to get a quarterback. Well, guess what? This is the year you need one. Because at this point, Big Ben's going to continuously take hits, and he's going to get destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. He's not going to be able to come back next year. He's going to try and rehab. It's going to be it's going to be a disaster. And Teddy Bidgewater on the flip side, I, I knew the, the Broncos weren't going to be they, – they weren't going to stay up there, and their team's not, not going to continuously win games that they shouldn't win. So – I'm not surprised in that. I, multiple times mentioned, I keep a keen eye on the AFC West. I knew that the the Raiders were going to drop off. I knew that the Broncos were going to drop off, and I knew the Chargers wouldn't. 
I made that call multiple times on the podcast. I made I made the call. I've I've talked about it. Herbert and that team are more strong than the others. And Mahomes is better than any We'll talk about every team from the AFC West. So I won't spoil all the fun. So we'll just move on from here to Tom Brady. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 45. Dolphins, 17. Hammers the over, uh, which I took. Tom Brady, 411 yards passing on f- with five touchdowns and zero picks. Antonio Brown and Mike Evans combined 237 yards receiving, four touchdowns and 13 receptions. Leonard Fournette adds a rushing touchdown as well. Then on the flip side, we go with Jacoby Brissett, 275 yards passing, two touchdowns, one pick. Miles Gaskin, 74 receiving yards to go along with 25 rushing yards for a total of just a yard less than 100 yards total uh, between both. When is Brady going to slow down? I know we hopped into this a little early when transitioning from Big Ben to Tom Brady, which is a very odd transition. I'm not going to lie to you all, but when is he going to slow down? He looked amazing in this game. Like if it were up to me and I were and I were making odds for DraftKings right now, I would tell you all to bet on Tom Brady for MVP. Hell of a chat. I think he's I think he's still like 7-8 to 1 for MVP. It's unbelievable. This guy, this man is unbelievable, and it, you guys can all hate him. There are so many more haters than lovers of Tom Brady. You basically take eighty percent of the country minus the state of Massachusetts, and and they will be haters of Tom Brady. It, it I, listen, I'm not the biggest fan either. He's done some sketchy stuff on some sketchy teams that there was or was not cheating involved, and he may or may not have been around it. It's, so that's my main issue. And I'm more of a hater of Belichick than I ever was of Brady. But he, when he, when is he going to slow down? Like the, Their division looks like a joke. The Panthers are falling off. Matt Ryan looks okay, but against that defense, they've already slaughtered them once this season. And then you have the Saints with Jameis Winston. Where I have no idea what to make of that team. Not a clue. We'll get to a few of those. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Saints in a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I just I can't see them slowing down, and, and they have so many pieces that they're not even using every week. Like Cameron Bray, amazing tight end. They're not even using him. Ronald Jones doesn't have barely any statistical representation of anything that he's worth so far this season. Like they're not even using every weapon that they have and they're winning by large margins, large. And and when it's not large and it's average, it's garbage time. Like who's going to beat them? Like the, the Patriots came close and Bill Belichick's considered the best coach of all time. So who else is going to get close? I, I don't know. We'll keep an eye on them. Um, I, I like the Bucks in the coming out of the NFC. I, I said that the Panthers might be able to challenge them for that spot. There is not a chance in hell that happens now. Not after what I saw this week. Moving forward, going to the Saints game. 
The Saints beat the Washington football team 33-22. Jameis Winston, 279 yards passing, four TDs, one pick. Alvin Kamara, 74 yards rushing, 51 yards receiving, and he had a rushing and receiving touchdown to go along with those statistics. Uh, Marquez Callaway with two TDs through the air and one touchdown uh, for Deontay Harris through the air as well. He only had that one catch. Uh, On the flip side, Taylor Heineke, bad day by Taylor Heineke today. Kind of looked like he did on the Minnesota Vikings practice squad. Uh, And that's no joke. That's a real story. 248 yards passing, zero TDs, two picks. Antonio Gibson, 60 yards on 20 carries and two rushing touchdowns. Taylor Heineke's bad day was enough to keep the Saints always in this game um, and and only always slightly ahead. So they were Taylor Heineke's passes today were awful. You have Taylor McLaurin, or sorry, you have Terry McLaurin out there. Um, he can he's got to catch more than four passes for forty five yards. Now the Washington Football Team's offensive line is better than than average. Um, if you're asking my opinion, they looked like they got dominated by the Saints. He looked like he was on. His feet were on fire is the way he was trying to get out of that pocket. Heineke allowed the the Saints to win this football game. And Jameis Winston still does not look changed to me. He's only completed 50% of his passes. He's still making weird throws. They played against a Washington football team defense that is bottom three, even though they were projected top five. I have not seen enough from Jameis to think that, oh, the Saints are in it. Because for the last 10 years, that's what it's been. It's been no matter what and, and who's hurt and who the who the quarterback is and, and who's on the defensive line or anything for the Saints, they're always counted in with Sean Payton in that playoff race in the NFC. I haven't seen enough from that football team to automatically throw, them, throw their hat in that ring. I haven't seen it. I, I'm I'm still looking. I'm still waiting for Jameis to find something legitimate between between what he did as a Buccaneer, which is 480 yards and five picks and no touchdowns, and what he's done at the beginning of this season: 120 yards, 50% completion percentage, either one TD or two interceptions a game, neither both. Like I. I haven't seen enough consistency, and that's what that team needs to be successful. So we'll see what they do next week, but I'm still not buying into the Saints being an automatic bid in the in the NFC playoff race. Moving on, the Philadelphia Eagles, 21. The Panthers, 18. Jalen Hurts, 198 yards passing, zero touchdowns, one pick. He did have two rushing touchdowns. Devontae Smith, 77 yards receiving on seven catches, and he did have a lost fumble for all you fantasy players out there who have him, a.k.a. (coughs) me, uh, did lose those two points, which are pretty serious in my fantasy uh, week this week. On the flip side, Sam Darnold, bad day for him as well. 177 yards passing on one TD throw, uh, and three interceptions. And they were huge interceptions. Uh, Hubbard, 101 yards on 24 carries, replacing McCaffrey, who should return this coming week against the Vikings, which is hilarious. I wish he would have been out for one more week. Not saying that I want him to remain injured. 
Uh, but he could just go on vacation if he wants so that maybe we could win this football game. And by we, I mean the Vikings. Uh, he also, Hubbard also had 33 yards receiving on five catches. The Eagles and the Panthers as teams, uh, when I picture these teams before the season started and what I'd see, what I had seen progress through the offseason, through the draft, and up until through the preseason, these teams are the exact opposite of what I thought they were going to be. I didn't expect much from Darnold before the season. Now, Darnold starts to play well. They start 3-0. and I start to see a lot. And now the last two games he's regressed. Uh, and it, ha- it hasn't looked good. Now, they have been missing McCaffrey. Uh, some of their wide receivers have been dinged up. So, a little bit of leeway there from me, personally. Uh, because I understand how that goes. But now the Eagles, on the flip side, were projected to be the worst team in that division. And they don't look like the worst team in that division. So... We'll see how they look moving forward. I haven't seen enough. I'm 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 impressed with Jalen Hurts. I'm impressed in the way he he throws the football, how he manages that offense, and how he finds always finds a way to rush the ball successfully when he can't pass it. So some of the games he's had a subpar passing day. He's been able to affect the game with his legs, which is exactly what he needs to do. Uh, regardless of what the defense is giving him, he just finds a way, which is a great trade to have at quarterback. So, Eagles fans out there, uh, you guys play the Bucks this week, so you're going to get demolished. However, good game this week and good win with a defense that people thought were going to be terrible that I've always talked up, even though I am not the biggest Eagles fan. Next on the list, the Tennessee Titans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 37-19 to Ryan Tannehill, 197 yards receiving. Sorry, 197 yards passing. Uh, There was 197 yards receiving just split between all of his receivers. One touchdown, zero picks. Uh, Derrick Henry, another great day. 130 yards receiving on, sorry, 130 yards rushing on 29 carries and three touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, 273 yards passing. One touchdown, one pick. He had a rushing TD to go along with that. James Robinson, 149 yards rushing on 18 carries and one touchdown. Now, I did hear a lot of things. Did not watch a lick of this game. Uh, personally, only saw one highlight. I think it was one Derrick Henry touchdown out of the three. They were The score was closer in the first half than they started to pull away in the beginning of the second half through the second half. People were saying that the Jacksonville Jaguars quit on Urban Meyer. Yeah, they probably did. He got caught with all this crap. People were, I reported last week on the podcast that he was talking to position groups and they were laughing at him when he was explaining what happened and why he was doing what he did and what have you and, and basically his side of the story. And they were laughing at him. Yeah, I'm not surprised they quit on him. I'm not. And two things that I really feel concerned about, and that's enough about Urban Meyer because I don't think he deserves any more of my time. But what I want to talk about the two major things I saw from this. Where is Julio Jones? Oh, that's right. He's hurt again. Which is the one, the biggest problem with the trade that the Tennessee Titans made to get him. He's always dinged up. 
whether he's missing practice and not performing in games or he's missing practice and he's missing games, it's a problem. And you know what what makes it worse? AJ Brown's also dinged up, which is their other wide receiver, the one of their one of the best wide receivers in the league. AJ Brown and Julio on both sides, they're both dinged up, which gives Derrick Henry more carries inherently. Subconsciously, they plan for more carries for him. He's t- he's getting 30, he's getting 30 35 touches a game. At some point this man's going to explode and not in a good way. He's going to get hurt. He's touching the ball way too often. It's got to stop. It's got to stop, or he's gonna he's gonna lose his mind, and 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 not only his mind, but he's gonna feel like he's carrying the team more than he already is. Now, there's a confidence level, and then there's a dependency level, for me personally. Like Dalvin Cook is confident that he can he could take the Vikings to a winning game, but he doesn't have to do it every week. Via the two games that the Vikings have won this season, that he has not been in. He was out with an injury. Derrick Henry, if Derrick Henry doesn't play, that team doesn't win a game. So it's a different, it's something different to keep in keep in the back of your minds when you're when you're thinking about the Tennessee Titans and how they they move on uh playing games moving forward, especially offensively scheming them. Oh, one of the most interesting games moving on. The Patriots beat the Texans 25-22. to Mac Jones, 231 yards through the air, one TD, one pick. Hunter Henry, 75 yards receiving on six catches and a touchdown. Uh, Damian Harris, 58 yards rushing uh, with a touchdown as well on the ground. Davis Mills for the Texans, 312 yards passing. On three with three touchdowns through the air and zero picks. Chris Moore and Chris Conley both had a touchdown each. Bravo to Davis Mills. There's been a stigma, and everyone has been talking about rookie quarterbacks. Um, rookie quarterbacks going up against the Bill Belichick defense, and they don't stand a chance. The Texans should have won this football game. There's no reason. It was 22 to 9 in the fourth quarter. The Texans should have won this football game. Davis Mills played amazing. Bravo to him. Not a lot of good rookie quarterback play has been happening. We'll get into the rest of them uh in a minute when we get to when we cover their games, but Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, they don't look good. They they just don't. Trey Lance hasn't been starting. He got an opportunity to start this week. It didn't look good. Justin Fields hasn't thrown for, I think he threw over 200 yards, barely. His completion percentage is low. It looks like he doesn't, he, he hasn't grasped it yet. And he got dinged up in, in the beginning of the game. I've, actually, I think it was maybe the beginning of the second quarter. Andy Dalton came in for a drive, and then Dalton, uh, then, um, then Dalton exited and Justin Fields came in and returned. He just doesn't, they don't look like they're doing good. And, and, and sorry, that's broad. They don't look like they're excelling in their program. And by in their program, I mean the playbook. They don't look like they... And Zach Wilson, in New York, playing for the Jets, could probably make his own playbook based on what's happened there the past decade. But they don't look... And it's good to see Davis Mills for a team that is completely and utterly thrown in the it's like taking every random if you looked in your couch and saw every single chip from a chip bag that you dropped 
in the couch. That's the Texans roster. Just a bunch of random pieces that came together and they want and they all should have won a football game. They have won one, but they should have won this one. So let's keep an eye. Belichick's defense, Mac Jones. They they don't look as good as people thought they were gonna look with Mac Jones coming up to the beginning of the season. After they people were talking about it, they you know who looks better? Davis Mills. Because Mac Jones, the Patriots' offensive weapons seem like they're more of a problem than Mac Jones is to start the season. People are saying Mac Jones isn't good enough. You know what? I think the weapons are underperforming. They can't run the ball successfully. You went out and you spent a hundred over $100 million on these free agent tight ends and free agent wide receivers that aren't giving you that much production. And based on your play calling or your quarterback's play your quarterback's skills you're not being successful throwing the ball down the field so whether it's his fault or your fault either way it's a Patriots problem so the Patriots need to figure this out because you went out and spent all this money and now it looks like you spent this money and you could possibly win less games than you did last year and and last year was a disaster so as Patriots, any Patriots fans out there, I would keep an eye on this and see if you can, your your stars that you signed these big contracts to and all this guaranteed money better start performing because if not, you might as well just take your, you might as well roll your dice uh, and sign a rookie and pay him $900,000 to play and not pay him $16 million. So save some money. Next on the list, the Bears beat the Raiders 20 to 9. I thought this was the lock of the week, taking the Raiders minus the points. I thought it was the lock of the week. It's a damn shame. <laughs> Justin Fields, 111 yards passing on just over 50% completion percentage. Uh, one touchdown, zero picks. Uh, Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams combined for 139 yards rushing on 34 carries and a TD. A very hard running day for them, uh, Damian Williams and the rookie out of Virginia Tech, uh, Khalil Herbert. I I like Khalil Herbert considering he's 5'9", 212, and that's my exact height and weight. Sorry, weight. My exact height and weight is this dude in the NFL, although his muscles are probably huge, and I'm just a little stumpy dude. Uh, It's funny. I think it's hilarious, but... Uh, David Carr on the flip side, David Carr, Derek Carr on the flip side, um, 206 yards passing, zero touchdowns, one pick. Josh Jacobs with the single lone touchdown on the ground. I'm concerned for both of these teams. Um, The result from this game is that the Bears won by 11, uh, but their offense did not look good, uh, and their they should be concerned about two things, uh, one causing the other to happen. So they can fix both problems by fixing one of the problems. Uh, Justin Fields is not impressive uh, through anything that he's done so far this season and his only start. Uh, there's only a couple starts that he has in uh, and that most of the and basically all the time that he spent in the game. The wide receivers of the Bears look just extremely frustrated. It, and it's like they're holding back. It, it's like you don't. They don't want to tell him, but they know it's a problem. Is is what I'm I'm getting from watching 
watching Bears take snaps uh, out of the shotgun position while Justin Fields is at quarterback. It looks it looks like they and they that none of them can catch footballs. He's not very consistent. His throws aren't accurate to the point where if he's leading he's leading wide receivers into bad plays in terms of safety for his own wide receivers over the middle uh, along the sideline into double coverage it just he doesn't have a good grasp of the offensive playbook right now and on the flip side the Raiders have looked terrible the past two games that's got to be concerning Derek Carr has looked good and the Bears defense has not looked that good through the first four weeks of the season now Derek Carr has done this to better defenses, which is why I'm concerned. The Bears defense has always been good and has always been decent since I've been even a Vikings fan. Like, it's been 25 years since the the Bears have had a theoretical terrible defense. And maybe one or two years they have their top three people get hurt and their defense is bad for half a year. But they never have a bad defense all year. But that's that's the thing is, like, how pissed off are the are the Bears wide receivers about not getting targets and not getting good ones versus are they willing to stay and can the Bears unload these players that don't want to play for their team? It doesn't look like they want to play for them. So can they unload them and get some picks in return, maybe get some quality to to build around Justin Fields uh, and not use vets and kind of go with like an all-rookie cast and go in next year, grab him a bunch of uh, of high high character guys and high skill set guys uh, to build around him for him moving forward for your your franchise as the franchise quarterback. The biggest and most impressive game of the week for me that I thought was a little underrated, America's Game of the Week always contains the Cowboys. I have no idea why, um, because it shouldn't. They don't always they aren't they aren't always playing the best team nor are they the best team which shouldn't ever be America's best game of the week. But the best game for me is the Chargers against the Browns. Chargers come out on top 47 to 42. Justin Herbert another impressive day. 398 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero picks, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, So he's responsible for five touchdowns on his own. Austin Eckler, two rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. Uh, Mike Williams unfortunately destroyed uh, me in fantasy, which actually basically made me lose this week again by me scoring over 140 fantasy points. Uh, because I started Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen, 75 yards receiving on six catches, no touchdowns. Mike Williams, 165 yards receiving on eight catches and two touchdowns, two huge touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, on the flip side, 305 yards, impressive enough with a very bad torn shoulder. Um, 305 yards passing, which is pretty decent, on over 10 yards per completion, which is good as well. Uh, Two touchdowns, zero picks. Nick Chubb, big day on the ground. 161 yards, rushing on 21 carries and a touchdown. Uh, Kareem Hunt, on the flip side, had 61 yards rushing on 12 carries and two touchdowns on the ground. Here is the biggest question out of this game. Where is Odell Beckham Jr. and what is happening? The last three, Baker Mayfield's first three years in the league. Sorry, yes. First three years in the league, he didn't start at the beginning of his first season, of his rookie season. 
Odell Beckham and him off to a bad start. They don't have chemistry. That's fine. He's a rookie. Next year, Odell gets hurt. He's out for the whole season. Baker Mayfield has success. This year, now Jarvis Landry gets hurt. Odell comes back. And the Browns are struggling a bit. And they're not throwing. So last week, the issue was Odell was open and Baker couldn't find him. This week, they keyed on Odell. And this game was basically just a shootout. Wrong place, wrong time. Browns could have came out on top, but they didn't. Odell had two catches for 20 yards in this game. And it was a shootout game. Would you expect that to happen if I blindly told you the score of this game? No. If I blindly told you that the Chargers beat the Browns by five and they both scored over 40 points, you would assume that anybody who started in this game in fantasy would have had a crap ton of points. Now, I did take the under because I thought both their defenses would step up. I was clearly wrong about that. But I don't... Are the Chargers the best team in the AFC? I mean, think about it. Who Who's as good as the Chargers in the AFC right now? The Chiefs are good, but they're not playing well. So right now, they're not the best team in the AFC. They That is, I am not saying a single word about the end of the season. The Chiefs could easily run the table. I've seen it happen. The Bills, good team. But is Josh Allen really as good as Justin Herbert? Who's better? Very interesting. I would like to know what you guys think if you'd like to leave a review. Uh, on whatever platform you're able to leave a review on, or my direct messages on Facebook. I want to know who wants, who, if you had a choice, it did money was not an option. It doesn't matter what your cap looked like. It didn't look like, it didn't, nothing of that, none of that mattered. Who would you pick, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert? Because I'm going with Justin Herbert. I think Josh Allen has the ability to be more erratic, uh, and I just don't want that risk when I could have the non risk of Justin Herbert. He hasn't shown me that he's he's going to have a game where he throws four picks in a game, uh, where he gets ballsy and makes rush he makes rushing decisions that are that are not the best idea for his football team and for his own safety. Um, and I just I don't know. I believe in the Herbert. I I, I just believe in him. So let's keep an eye. These teams are going are going to see each other later on, probably closer to the playoffs or the beginning of the rounds of the playoffs. So let's let's see what happens when they meet. Next on the list, Cowboys 44, the New York Football Giants 20. Watch this game with my dad after the Vikings game ended. Uh my dad, huge Giants fan. Uh we watched it at the house. Uh not too not too exciting for him as a Giants fan, I'll tell you that much. Dak Prescott 302 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard continuously stay hot. 185 yards between the two of them rushing on 35 carries and one touchdown. Uh, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper both had a touchdown each. On the flip side, Mike Glennon. Yes, that's Mike Glennon. I'll tell you in a minute why I'm going over Mike Glennon and not Daniel Jones. 196 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Devontae Booker, one rushing TD, one reception TD, one from Daniel Jones. Uh, no, none from Daniel Jones, just the one from Mike Glennon. Okay, so before this game even started, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard both out uh, with soft tissue injuries uh, before the second half was even over. 
Uh, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, and Kenny Galladay all injured and were removed from the football game. Two of them carted off. The other one potentially carted off. I actually didn't see if he was or not. Saquon Barkley, low ankle sprain. Uh, We're going to give you guys an update on him on Wednesday through the injury segment. Uh, Just based on what I saw, didn't see any official updates, but I looked at his ankle bone uh, and I saw what he did on the field and it looks like a low ankle sprain. So he's probably going to be out a few weeks, but I'll give you an update on Wednesday. Daniel Jones got hit so hard in the head. um, God only knows what play they were calling from the two-yard line. Um, If you guys remember Peyton Manning, made a run a few years ago where no one was near him and he just walked into the end zone. Similar play, but Daniel Jones got rocked, tried to get up. Uh, it was a head-to-head collision. Uh, and he was he looked he appeared as if he was intoxicated trying to walk off the field. Uh, so he's clearly got a concussion. So we'll see what happens with him in terms of concussion protocol. And then Kenny Galladay, knee injury. They said it doesn't look serious, but could be serious. That's the most BS answer I've ever seen in terms of somebody giving an update on an injury. Uh, but it didn't look like he could walk well on that. And it, if they have just Kadarius Toney, uh, the, they're one of their draft picks from this, this past draft uh, that threw a punch in this game at Anthony Brown. The Giants are in trouble, and Daniel Jones. I don't. I don't know what kind of play calling scheme they use in New York, but it ain't a good one. You're first of all. I think Saquon Barkley is. I just want to get this out. Saquon Barkley is the most unlucky football player I've ever seen. This guy was just running across the middle. The ball was thrown behind him. Whatever. He's just trying to slow his roll down because he's trying to slow up and and make and just stop so that he can walk back to the huddle and he steps on some dude's ankle and rolls his ankle and it blows up to the size of a softball unbelievable i've never seen somebody have worse luck on a on a football field i have worse luck than him in life but that's another story for another podcast but i, I just don't understand and to him being a home a home grown dude like he worked his way up uh, through the the ranks of a high school that's in my high school's division in football, uh, went to Penn State. A um, lot of people I know follow Penn State. We're, we're pretty close, about a three-hour drive uh, from Penn State. So uh, then he ends up going to the New York Football Giants, the media center of football, and it just ends up getting hurt multiple times. I feel for the dude, really. Um, he, he gets the, the shit end of the stick, part of my French, but... I really hope that he does is is able to stay healthy so he can at least collect a a, a check in his in his football life. Um, he deserves to have at least one contract based on his skill set and what I've seen this man do. Um, he hasn't been able to stay healthy enough to show everyone that. I did do it one year, but that wasn't even an entire season. So I'm really hoping the next few years he gets his ankle back up and he's he's able to at least get a contract somewhere because I have a feeling the Giants are going to let him go for whoever the highest bidder is. Next on the list, the Cardinals beat the 49ers 17-10. Kyler Murray, 239 yards passing, one touchdown, zero picks. James Conner, one rushing TD. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 87 yards receiving, six catches and one one touchdown. Trey Lance, 192 yards passing, zero touchdowns, one pick, 89 yards rushing, and 16 on 16 rushes. Uh, 16 rushes a little bit high. Uh, Trey Lance clearly a work in progress. However, I don't think he's that far off from Jimmy Garoppolo. So 
if Jimmy G doesn't, I, I've never been the biggest fan. I could I could talk to you guys for forty seven thousand years about why Jimmy G's not a, that good of a quarterback. I think he was in the right spot at the right time, uh, and his successes are inflated. They're they're not they're not real. Uh, they're more inflated and based on who he was around and why he was around them is why he seems like he's more successful than he is. Uh, we'll talk about that, not in this podcast, but in one shortly. The thing that I really want to talk about, though, is that there may be a key to stopping the Cardinals. Now, Kyler looked like he he wasn't 100% in this game. I did not see anything on the injury report, uh, which is kind of odd, especially for a starting quarterback. He just looked like he wasn't his normal chipper, swift self out there. Uh, did put up a decent amount of, of statistics, um, and Hopkins had a good day. Rondale Moore made a big catch, uh, but Trey Lance is going to continuously be a work in progress. Now, the only way this work in progress actually continues to get better, he's he's not going to do it in a in a room watching film. He's got to start. So the 49ers are going to need to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Jimmy G's had had his due. The defense clearly helped him to a 13-3 and record and got them to a Super Bowl. He had an opportunity to make a pass to win the Super Bowl and didn't make it. He's now hurt again for the, I don't know, fourth, fifth time in his career. It, 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 at some point, it needs to be over, and, and I think it's now. I think it's now, and I think Trey Lance needs to come into the starting role. They need to work on his delivery. They need to work on his footwork, and they need to tell him he needs to sit in the pocket and not run so often or he's going to end up getting hurt. But other than that, he needs to develop, and the only way for him to develop is to start football games. So he needs to continue to start football games because it's okay if they don't win the division this year, but they need to get close and be competitive. Moving forward, especially and with Jim with Jimmy G hurt and Trey Lance able to make I don't know thirteen solid starts in a row, that's going to be pretty good for them moving forward into the next year. To the Sunday night football game, the Buffalo Bills thirty eight, the Chiefs twenty. Josh Allen three hundred fifteen yards passing, three touchdowns, zero picks, fifty nine yards on the ground, and a touchdown on the ground as well. Manuel Sanders, two touchdowns receiving. Uh, and Dawson Knox, big catch by him uh, for the for the big tight end. 117 yards receiving on three catches uh, and one long touchdown, which I just talked about. Patrick Mahomes, 272 yards passing. Two touchdowns, two picks. 61 yards rushing to go along with that. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Byron Pringle with the touchdown each. I'm not... I feel like every time I come on this podcast, I talk about how bad the Chiefs defense is. So this is not going to be completely directed at how bad the Chiefs defense is, but it'll be a little bit of an extension of that, an olive branch of that, if you will. The Chiefs are able to get away with a lot based on how good their offense is. Now, sometimes that offense isn't going to be able to carry them, and this is one of those times. Now, once it happens once, it starts to happen more often. You have Travis Kelsey. You have Tyreek Hill. You have a lot of these playmakers on offense that are that are asking their head coach, Andy Reid, how much do we have to do every week? How much do we have to do every week? We're tired. We're, our back hurts from carrying this team. 
And the conversations can't be easy for that locker room. And it doesn't have to necessarily be hostile conversations between the offense and the defense. It could just be pressure-related. So think about that. You have the defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs, whoever it is, doesn't matter who it is, who cannot make a sack, and you've got offensive players saying, listen, dude, in the locker room, they're talking about, uh, we don't know what to do, we, we, we're we tired, it's, it's a lot, the defense is bad, and you're hearing this, and it's just adding more pressure, which is adding uh, another film, so to speak, Another another layer of issues for that football team that they have to deal with. Now, I don't think by any rec- by any stretch of the imagination do I think that the Chiefs are out of it this season and that they're just going to tank the rest of the. That's not going to happen. Now, this is something they're not used to: is adversity at the beginning of a football season. Considering they're probably the best September and beginning of October team in NFL history since Andy Reid and Mahomes have been playing together in terms of win percentage, but they're going to have to deal with this adversity, and they're going to have to play better. That's it. And on defense, they need to scheme it up. Steve Spagnola needs needs to make it easier for them to be successful. On our, on defense. Now, to be honest with you, Chiefs fans, Chiefs organization, you can have Brashad Breeland back. Take him. I don't want him anyway. If your problem is the back end and you want Brashad Breeland back, he is awful for my football team. And he's been waving goodbye to my fans for two weeks while he starts on the field. Get him out. So, by all means, you can have Brashad Breeland back. Please. But Spags needs to get them ready to go, for the, for the especially for these divisional games they have coming up and the big primetime games that they have for the rest of the season. Now, it's, it's very, like I mentioned before, it's very easy for the Chiefs to run the table. They, they, all they got to do is kick on all cylinders, which they've done multiple times. So, let's see what, can, what happens and what they should be taking it week by week. All right, pretty boring game, but I always do the Vikings game last. So before we get to the Monday Night Football best bets, but uh, for the recap part of the episode, Vikings 19, Lions 17, Kirk Cousins 275 yards passing, one touchdown, one pick, Alexander Madison 113 yards rushing, 40 yards receiving and a reception touchdown, Justin Jefferson seven catches for 124 yards all in the first half, not a single catch in the second half. Jared Goff on the flip side, 203 yards passing, zero touchdowns, one pick. Williams and Swift, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift to be specific, 108 yards combined rushing on 24 carries. Vikings were leading this game. Uh, The offensive play calling for the Vikings in this game was terrible. Uh, Jared Goff and the back end of the Lions uh, looked like a Super Bowl caliber team in this game, uh, which is clearly not the truth. Big plays by the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings defensive line, Everson, led by L. Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter, great job in this football game. DJ Wanham, uh, even the guys farther down the depth chart, the defensive line played well. Uh, and Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr had amazing games as well as Nick Vigil. Uh, the secondary gave up some big plays. Uh, no kudos to you guys. But the linebackers and defensive line, the front seven played well in this game until the last minute and a half. If you guys did not see it, Vikings were up 16-6 to 6, 
uh, with two basically a little more than two minutes left in the football game. Uh, 49-yard field goal, in which case our field goal kicker left it short. 49-yard field goal left short when he had already made two 50-yard-plus field goals in the football game. Uh, Lions get the ball, go down and score almost instantaneously. Uh, field goal, so it's 16-9. to um, Alexander Madison fumbles with like, I think it was 54 seconds left. Uh, they go down and score real quick. Uh, the Vikings get the ball back with 37 seconds left, down two. Uh, it's 17-16 Lions. Kirk Cousins, two big passes to Adam Thielen, uh, who had no catches going into uh, the final drive. A big 20-yard pass, and then another big 20-yard pass to Thielen to get them to a 54-yard game winner uh, by Greg Joseph, our kicker, who made three field goals over 50, but then missed one under 50 short, which was the most interesting part of this. I've never been more unhappy with a besides the watching the kick go through the uprights and us actually winning the game. Not a very good game to watch. Uh, don't have a lot to take from it. Dalvin Cook injured. The play calling for the Vikings stink, stunk. Jared Goff made a few really bad decisions. It's just another your average bad Vikings game to watch. I don't really have much to add. Um, I, I wore my stuff today like I normally do when we win. Um, the day after, like my my socks and my t-shirt uh, that I normally wear to work, but uh, not really impressed, nor am I very happy about the victory. Uh, we got to go into Carolina, so we definitely need to come out with a win again because uh, we're coming up on a bye week and some really tough games coming up uh, from the second hardest schedule uh, in terms of win percentage uh, based on uh, pro football focus and the hardest team is the Green Bay Packers so we need to stay w- with them as well uh, considering the way the NFC West is playing uh, if you don't win the NFC North you ain't getting in the playoffs unless you run the table so uh, it's going to be pretty serious but the Vikings will have a shot uh, to turn this season around uh, better play from Kirk Cousins this week um, la- the last two weeks he looks a, little, a bit timid but d- hasn't been making the big mistake uh, two weeks back to back there's been a ball either off of a helmet of a player who should have caught a ball and then flopped up into the air in which case he's had an interception Uh, so not really too upset with Kirk Cousins play right now Uh, Madison bad fumble late but played well in Cook's absence Uh, and Justin Jefferson had a big day uh, to key to make up for the fact that Adam Thielen had two drops and didn't have a single catch until uh, 20 seconds left in the football game we are moving on to the Monday Night Football Best Bets. Uh, we'll give you, I got four on here for you guys. Uh, one's a repeat, uh, but I want to emphasize how important it is. So if you guys already bet it, then there'll be three. Uh, so the best bets that I will be betting on tonight, uh, we've got the Colts at the Ravens. Uh, Ravens had a good game last week via defense, uh, which I don't think will be there this week. So Mo Ali Cox, the tight end for the Colts, uh, over 16 and a half receiving yards. I think he has two big catches and I think it goes for at least 20 yards. Love Mo Ali Cox, especially as a red zone target. Uh, so I definitely see him hitting the over there. Uh, next on the list, another over, uh, Marquise Brown. Seems like Lamar Jackson likes his his bigger targets better through the beginning of the season, whether that be Mark Andrews or Sammy Watkins. However, I think four and a half is too much to give up uh, and not throw some money on. 
I think Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown has at least five catches in this game, and I'll be hoping for that. Uh, because they projected him at like on an average of like 4.99, which is like hilarious uh, because you can't do that in real life, but it's like a statistic. But I see him having more than four and a half yards receiving. They're dinged up in their secondary, uh, them being the Colts. Uh, and I could definitely see Marquise Brown getting a few short catches as well as one deep ball uh, that's going to go for a decent amount of yards considering his speed. Uh, so between five and seven catches, I'm thinking for, for Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, the one that you guys may or may not have already that I've already said is the Ravens minus six and a half. I don't like the Colts as a team. Uh, they're completely and utterly dinged by the injury machine. Uh, people have been dinged up. People have been underperforming. Carson Wentz doesn't look good, and their offensive line looks worse than we've all expected that going into this season. Most people I know were picking the Colts to win that division. Not anymore. Um, I think that Derrick Henry carries the Tennessee Titans through. I picked the Titans to win the division um, at the beginning, if you guys remember from my divisional recaps. But a lot of other people have picked the Colts to win that division. I had the Titans win in 12 games uh, because their division was going to be so bad and Derrick Henry was going to carry them. I uh, wish I could say the same about them in the playoffs, but we'll talk about that when it gets here. Um but yeah, Ravens minus six and a half. Got to hammer that. Uh, I see them winning by 10 to 13. Uh, Carson Wentz doesn't look good. I don't see them being anywhere close to relevant. Uh, and the first eight games are going to destroy their psyche. So I can definitely see the Colts starting one and seven. Last on the list, going to be kind of counterproductive. Um, but this game is, I did pick the over. So it does go into exactly what I said uh, during the preview segment for my projections. But I'm going to take the over uh, in the Colts points of 18 and a half. I see the Colts getting 20. Um, some of that probably being garbage time. So there's also a over of total touchdowns in the game of one and a half. I would hammer that as well. Uh, more confident with the 18 and a half points. Uh, I can see their defense making enough plays. Uh, with Leonard at middle linebacker, maybe causing a fumble or two, uh, possibly having a pick, uh, and them doing some stuff to Lamar Jackson to give them a little bit of hell. Um, so I can definitely see them scoring two touchdowns in this game and scoring more than than 18 and a half points. Your basic math problem for that happening is they need two touchdowns and two field goals, and then that's over the 18 and a half. So uh, even if they miss the extra points, so uh, please hammer those. Uh, those best bets if you want to make some money did hit um, on a little parlay that I that I made uh, for a combination of baseball, soccer, and football. Just took some random some random opportunities on DraftKings and I hit on it. So um, pretty good. I hope you guys won some money um, on some of the bets that I've put out. Um, or if you won it on your own, uh, more power to you. I'm just trying to help you guys make some money as well. So thank you so much. That will be the end of the week five recap. Uh, good luck to everybody out there uh, who may or may not be a Ravens or Colts fan uh, for Monday Night Football. Good luck. I uh, hope you guys hit on the bets as well as myself because you know what I always say. Do not uh, offer help and offer a suggestion that you wouldn't take yourself. Um, so I will be placing these bets like I normally do for you guys. 
Um, moving forward, we will have some updates. Did have the the injury bug did plague some teams this week, so I will be back either Wednesday or Thursday to give you guys an update on the injuries as well as fantasy football from the previous week and also in the week following. So thank you guys again so much. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, keep a lookout for my Facebook statuses that I'll be posting. I'll post one right after this to remind you guys that there will be a episode up. Um, and I'll continue to do the three episodes a week um, until I until anything changes. I will let you guys know if it does. Um, but wherever you guys listen to podcasts, uh, whether it be Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon Music, Alexa, anything uh, that you guys listen to the podcast on. Thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. You guys have no idea how much this helps uh, and how much I enjoy talking to you guys about sports. It's amazing. So uh, thank you so much. And please tell a friend, uh, tell a coworker, tell anybody who may enjoy the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, and everybody have a good rest of your day. Uh, and until next time, later.